Hey, thanks for finding us on this new venture. I'm Nolan Alexander, and welcome to Inside the Nest. It's the official podcast of Kennesaw State University Athletics. First and foremost, we hope you're doing well. We hope you're getting through the coronavirus pandemic. It has truly thrown everyone's world upside down, and our thoughts and prayers are with our entire Kennesaw community, the 1KS community. This podcast serves to tell the stories of Kennesaw State Athletics. If you're familiar with Inside the Nest over the past couple of seasons, it's told the story specifically of the KSU football team, hearing from student-athletes on the team, coaches, and those around the program, too, via support staff. But what we want to do is branch out with Inside the Nest and let it tell the story of Kennesaw State Athletics. So what does that mean? You'll hear the stories of student-athletes. You'll hear the story of KSU student-athlete alumni that have gone on to bigger and better things in their respective careers. You'll hear the stories of alumni from Kennesaw State that maybe didn't play a sport but are doing something related to the sports industry. And then we'll throw in some other guests as well. We'll have future Al's. We'll have fans, donors, administrators, support staff, pretty much everyone that encompasses what it means to be a Kennesaw State Al. This weekend, we're dropping three podcasts to celebrate the launch of, I guess, Inside the Nest 2.0 here. Izzy Palermo of our women's lacrosse team, Brian Katrick, a KSU alumni and KSU broadcaster also on SiriusXM, and Kendrick Ray, a former KSU first team All-A-Sun member and record holder with men's basketball. So those are the three guests this opening weekend. And if you found us via another route outside of one of our links on social media, what we've done is to make this route the most accessible to you. So however you digest podcasts, whether it's through Apple Podcasts, it's on TuneIn, it's on Spotify, it's on Stitcher, anything of the like, we've made it accessible so you can subscribe and have this podcast delivered to your inbox every single week right on your phone. So go on ahead hit the subscribe button however you're coming through this. If you aren't listening to it via one of your favorite ways, it's an app already on your phone, just visit ksuals.com slash podcast, and then at the top, you'll see respective links for ways that you can download and then subscribe to this podcast. So let's get ready for our first guest, Izzy Palermo. I'd like to let you know that this podcast is brought to you by the Indy, Kennesaw's newest student house community. The Indy is now accepting applications for the fall of 2020. Visit www.livetheindy.com for more information. See what elevated student housing looks like. So who is Izzy Palermo? She's a senior midi for the women's lacrosse team, and she was already having a career year. Last year as a junior, she started all 18 games. She had 21 goals. And if you're familiar with the midfield, it's just like playing soccer. You got to go on offense and defense. You have to exercise the entire game. There is no second that you can truly take off as a midfielder. This year, in her season that's been cut short, through seven games, she's already scored 14 goals. Remember, she scored 21 goals last year, so she was already in the process of surpassing her junior season, having her best year yet as a KSUL. She finishes her career with 60 games started, 89 goals, Eight assists, totaling 97 points. But what makes Izzy so special isn't just because she's a star student-athlete on the field. It's what she has done to get there. It's her story. Her day doesn't look like any one of our days. It doesn't look like very many 
of her fellow student-athletes days. And that's because Izzy's a type 1 diabetic. And we find out exactly what that means for her daily routine. And that's not just playing in a game. And that's on a whole other level. But what happens in practice? What happens during class? What happens in the middle of the night? There's a lot that goes through Izzy's mind on a given day. And the fact that she has been able to overcome being a type 1 diabetic and not only be a Division 1 student athlete, but excel on the field as well, is a strong testimony to her mental fortitude. And when you hear her story, it might change the way you look at life today. It might give you a brighter hope for what we're all going through right now. It certainly did for me. So without further ado, let's get to know Izzy Palermo of KSU Women's Lacrosse. Izzy, thanks for joining us. We know you're on your way back home after visiting your grandparents in Florida. How's the trip been so far? It's been really awesome. It's a lot of sunshine, way better than the weather in Atlanta right now. Because I know <laughs> my brother, my brother is actually still there, and he said it's been raining a lot. So it was nice to get out and see the sun and visit my family. Everyone checking out okay? Everyone's healthy. Yes, so far so good. Good. So I'm going to be asking this to all of our visitors on Inside the Nest, but where were you when the moment truly broke, when you found out the news that lacrosse is going to be postponed and then later on the news that this year is not going to happen? So we were actually in Jacksonville at the time. We were... So our coach mentioned, Coach Manis mentioned at lunch that day that we could possibly not be playing much after our Jacksonville Stetson game. And then we were getting ready in the hotel to go to practice. We were sitting in the lobby and she goes, everyone, just hold on a sec. We have to see a few things. Practice is getting postponed for a little bit. So we all sat by the pool of the hotel for about maybe 15 minutes. And then Manis and Shannon and Megan all came out. They were like, guys, come here. We have to tell you guys something. And that's when I was like, oh, this this probably isn't good. And they told us that we were going home that night. We weren't playing Jacksonville or Stetson. I think I'm still actually in shock about it. Like, it still doesn't feel real to me. It feels like a dream or a movie that we're in. What was your initial look on your face and that of your teammates? I When she said that, I... I was starting to cry. I think I was more in shock. Like, I was just numb. And then looking around at my team, everyone else was either also numb, shocked, or a lot of people started crying, too. And that's when I was like, wow, that was, that could have, my last, the Vermont game was my last game ever to play with this team and ever to play lacrosse ever. Very disappointing. (laughs) How long did it take for reality to set in? We all were on the bus, like, just talking about everything. And everyone goes... Wow, Vermont was our last, like the senior class that sits all together in the back. And we all were like, wow, we will never step on the field all together again. And that's when, like, all the memories all through freshman year, like, came flooding back into my mind. Like, stepping on the field for the first time, moving in, meeting everyone. It was, it's crazy. It was crazy. 
it's such an unfortunate incident, and, and our hearts go out to all of our student athletes in the spring sports, especially uh, you, the seniors, as well, because we know how much effort and sacrifice you put in in your entire careers, especially this season. Exactly. If you could reflect upon what this season has unfolded so far for you and for your teammates as well did you feel like you were uh, as we approached a sun play you're starting to hit your stride you felt like the team started to gel a little bit more kind of walk us back to where were we in the season coming into this season we only lost two three seniors from last year so i thought we were in a pretty decent place because we already had that team chemistry so just trying to build on that and going through the first couple games yeah we had vanderbilt and florida some pretty tough competition but I felt that our team grew together even like we had that chemistry going we were having that skill and then going into a some play we felt in a pretty good place because of how much we've all grown together through the past couple months and the potential I could see and I know my coaches and the rest of the team saw we were we were ready to kick some butt in Jacksonville <laughs> but that kind of was taken short from us but I felt pretty good about it. I knew this team was the strongest that it's been since I've been here. So I was really excited to get rolling with conference play. But I thought we, I really thought we could do some pretty good damage to the ASUN conference this year. What have the seniors and the team done so far to stay in communication now that we're all isolated? So we still have our group messages with our coaches. We still have group meetings with, like, we have a group meet with our coaches. We have a group meet with just our team. And then we also have a group meet with just our senior class. Our senior class is really, really close. We came in when we got a new coach and we like we just all came in with this mentality that we all had to stick together because we've never really had a constant coming into Kennesaw like when we came in we had a different coach and we had we had new strength coaches over the years we had new trainers we even like Thomas just left our academic advisor but so our one constant was each other so my our whole class has this really special bond I feel like I feel like we're the closest class that's come through Kennesaw because we just all had to rely on each other because we were so confused with coming in and not knowing what was going to happen just with all new people all our four years where do you fit into this senior class what's kind of your role and your personality amongst the group so i like to think my role on the team is i lead by example with my diabetes i feel like i have that leadership to show that no matter what life throws at you you can still do whatever you want to do and I have that motivation where like things get hard during practice, things get hard in games. I kind of see myself as kind of like not level-headed, but kind of like, okay, this game's hard. We just need to make these adjustments. Just go into the games. Like, don't think a lot. Because what I like to think of myself as, when I think too much, that's when I start to mess up. So I like to go in clear-minded, clear-headed, and just, like, have fun with it. I try to push everyone to be their best lacrosse player, but at the same time, don't put that much pressure on yourself. Just have fun with it. And, yeah, like I said, I like to lead by example, not just on the field, in the classroom, in the community, like, doing everything I can for other people. Like, I'm very involved with the diabetes community and showing just the world that no matter what happens in life, if you just look at everything in a positive aspect, you'll get through it. 
That is so good to hear, especially in uh, what we're going through in today's world. So, Izzy, what is your battle with diabetes look like on a daily basis? Can you walk us through uh, what specifically you deal with and how that affects you? Sure. So, usually, I, so I wake up in the mornings, I have to check my blood sugar. Usually, I like to be, so the range I like to be in is between 70 and 150. That's a good range for me. When I play, though, I like to be over 100 just so I'm not cutting it too close. So in the mornings, I'll check my blood sugar, make corrections if I need it, which means I'll, I wear a pump, an insulin pump. So I put in insulin if I need to. And then every time I eat, I have to put in insulin. And then when I get to practice, I check my blood before practice. And I usually, so I feel when I, when I, when my blood sugar is off. So if I'm in practice, my coaches have also been so great and the trainers, they know that I can understand and feel my body. So if they see me going out, they know it's my blood sugars. Like they don't question it. They just ask if I'm okay and if I need anything. So if my blood sugar is low during practice, I'll check it and I'll either drink a juice box or eat some crackers. And the trainers have glucose tabs where I just pretty much tabs of sugar, which is kind of awesome. <laughs> but <laughs> it's actually pretty great. <laughs> and then if my blood sugar is high though, like usually with low blood sugars, you can get it up pretty quick. However, with high blood sugars, it takes, it's like a waiting game. You, ch you check it and then you drink a bunch of water and you give insulin for it. But that takes a long, it takes a longer time for your blood sugars to come down than to bring it up. So it's sometimes hard. It's very frustrating. There was, I remember one practice in the fall where my blood sugar would not even rise. So I was out of practice for maybe an hour, just constantly eating the sugar tabs and drinking juice boxes. But it can get really frustrating because sometimes you can do everything right and your blood sugar still doesn't cooperate. I like to tell people, you know how some people have bad hair days. Sometimes I just get bad blood days and I can't help it. <laughs> <laughs> but um, during games, I don't wear my insulin pump because, one, I don't want it to get broken. And, two, I feel like um, it's just easier for me to control my body and like how I run and stuff when I play, I leave it on for practices, but during games, I'll check it in the locker rooms before we go out to warm up. I'll check it again right before we start the game. And then if I feel anything during the game, me and our trainer Claire right now, we have hand signals. If I like pointed to the ground, my blood sugar was low. If I uh, tap my head, that means my blood sugar is high. And then I would check my blood also at halftime, put my insulin pump back on, make any corrections I need to, drink a juice if I need to. Then I would take it off right before the next half started. And then right after the game, after team talk and everything, I would check in my blood sugars again and put my pump back on. It was hard sometimes what happens after you exercise a lot. Like initially when you're exercising, the adrenaline kicks in, which spikes your blood a little bit. I mean, it doesn't really affect me too much, but then after games, usually during the middle of the night, my blood sugar drops really low. So that was kind of hard to after being so exhausted from playing in games all day, going into that night before I would fall asleep, I'm like, okay, I'm probably gonna have to wake up in the middle of the night. It's usually around three or four in the morning, my blood sugar drops. So I have to wake up, eat something, and then have to go back to sleep. So it's pretty exhausting. And this also happened after hard practices too. It's just diabetes is you lose a lot of sleep. You, it's so expensive and it's just very time consuming. However, I've, I've lived with it 11 years now. So it's, it's kind of my normal. Like I really don't remember my life without it.
Hope you're enjoying this edition of Inside the Nest with Izzy Palermo of Kennesaw State Women's Lacrosse. We'd like to take this time to thank our proud partner, Coca-Cola, for being the beverage choice of KSU Athletics events. Coca-Cola tastes the feeling. If you haven't already, take a step back, go on ahead, subscribe to this podcast. You can have it delivered to your podcast device, whether it's your phone, tablet, computer, whatever it is each and every week to understand the full story of KSU Athletics. It's Inside the Nest with Izzy Palermo of Women's Lacrosse. Let's get back to it. Izzy, that is unreal how you were able to manage all of that as well as star as a Division One student athlete. I mean, everything you just told us of what you have to do on a daily basis, especially centered around a game, is uh, it seems unreal. Do you think in some ways that that makes you stronger on the field? Because you already had to go through so much, and uh, maybe running down the field is less of a task than everything you already have to go through. Do you feel <laughs> mentally stronger from it? I, d- I definitely do. I really think that my diabetes has shaped me into I into I who I am today and how I handle situations. And I also realized like there's things in life like something seems seems so big. Like if I forgot my my pencil for a test or something, like I have a pencil I bring to do every test I take. And that's just like the little things in life don't matter as much as the big picture. Like I just have to think of it like that where there, things could always be worse. Like diabetes honestly isn't the worst thing in the world. Like there's other diseases out there that I could have. And I'm just thankful and grateful every day that this is something I can manage. And I like to think like God wouldn't give me anything I couldn't handle. God, that this makes me stronger. And it, it puts me in a place in life where I can take anything that comes at me, especially in this day where this coronavirus is just all around us. I was going to ask that. How is uh, your life and what you have to go through affected how you view the events of today? Well, it's it's very scary because I, since diabetes is an autoimmune disease, my immune system is suppressed already. So if I did contract the, this virus, it would affect me a lot more than, say, like some of my teammates. But it just makes me more aware of how to handle the situation and mm. how I have to keep social distancing and social isolation very seriously so I don't get sick. Even if I did contract it and nothing happens to me, I could give it to I could have given it to my grandparents that I was just with or like even my mom and my dad both have autoimmune diseases, too. So I have to be very careful around them. Mm. Great points. Now, you spoke earlier of being involved in the diabetes community around Kennesaw. <laughs> what does that entail? So, um, what I did, so November actually is Diabetes Awareness Month. And so, this past November, I took it upon myself. There's this thing on Instagram actually where it was a Diabetes Day challenge. So, every day it was something different. Like, there was one day where it was uh, what does your diabetes supplies look like? And another day was show off how you are proud of diabetes. So every day of November, I would post something on Instagram and a little description about it. And I was just to educate people about diabetes because a lot of people don't know the difference between type 1 and type 2 diabetes. So I was just trying to educate people about the different stereotypes with diabetes. And then also I recently signed up to be a JDRF advocate, which is the junior diabetes association so i get these emails and just to be involved more involved and i 
like to think that they're educating me every day about mm. diabetes too. Well, why don't you take this moment to educate us on something that you posted that you know is a common misconception or people don't know about it. The floor is okay. yours, Izzy. So a lot of diabetes misconceptions are that um, you have to be fat to be diabetic. So when I tell people that I just need that, oh, I have diabetes, and they go, you're not fat. I go, yeah, that's, that's a different type of diabetes. Type 1 is genetics. Or some, it's when your body and your immune cells attack themselves. Type two is um, it's onset, so you can get it at any point in your life. Um, type two is when like you're not exercising correctly, you're not eating healthy. And type one is, like I said, genetics. However, it's really interesting because no one in my um, immediate family has diabetes. So doctors have always been really confused on how I got it but we, we still don't really know. But um, other diabetes misconceptions are that like you have to put your life on pause to take care of yourself, which it's not really pause. I like to think it's more like a little slow motion at times. You just have to, like, like I said, check your blood, give your insulin. And if you're having a bad blood day, you just have to roll with it. You just have to make those adjustments. And then a lot of people don't really know that Diabetes, actually, there was this one post I'm looking at right now. It says diabetes kills more people than lung cancer, breast cancer, and AIDS combined. And that's just because a lot of people don't know the symptoms of diabetes, so they don't catch it in time, which can lead to very drastic effects. Like what before I was diagnosed, when I had these symptoms, I was going to the bathroom a lot. I was drinking a lot of water. I also, I think I lost maybe almost 20 pounds in a month just because my body was eating itself. And then also you could, like later on in life, if you're not taking care of your diabetes, you can lose your eyesight, which ha was happening to me at the age of 10. I thought like my eyes were just going bad, but it was just because my blood sugars were too high. It was affecting how I saw or could see things. And then also you can get nerve damage. You could lose your limbs if you, like this is all preventable though, if you take good care of your body which is why I think College Across also helped me because it made me more aware that I have to be able, I have to have good blood sugars to be able to play and perform at my best. So that was an, another factor in my motivation to keep my blood sugars in a good range. Izzy, how and when did you know that you had type 1 diabetes? Um, so I, I was in fifth grade, I was 10 years old, and we were actually on our way back from Ohio, my, my dad was getting mad because I had to keep stopping to go to the bathroom. And I was having stomach aches all the time. I was staying home from school like two, three times a week. And my mom goes, this is not normal. She's not like this. And I normally don't drink a lot of water. And I was constantly drinking water, constantly eating, and I was losing so much weight. And then it also helped the fact that I mentioned earlier that my neighbor was diagnosed about 10 months before me so my mom started talking to her mom and realizing the symptoms that were going on eventually to the doctor right when she figured it out and then the doctor came in and goes hospital you have type 1 diabetes and that's when my whole world ever since then my whole world has been changed hmm. so you mentioned how playing college across has helped you stay in shape now that 
the the world you live in is much different. Uh, unfortunately, your collegiate lacrosse season is cut short. And as you look ahead to the future, what do the next few months look like? Is uh, do you give your body a little bit of rest here for the next couple of weeks, or are you can go in the backyard and toss the stick against the net, or what does that look like for you? <laughs> well, since lacrosse ended a week ago, I've just been kind of giving my body a little break. Four years of this has taken a toll. I feel a lot older than I am. However, in the car right now, I'm getting a little antsy, like I want to run around. So when I get back home, I'll probably I'll probably still be like going on runs, and like I'm still really good friends with a lot of girls on the team, so I'm sure I'll still be out with them on like and during the summer, especially the Gores because they live here. I'm really close with the Gores, our midi line. I like to t- tell everyone I was a third Gore. I was in the womb with them. I just came out a couple a couple months early, <laughs> but I'm I'm. I'll still be out on the field. I'll still ask them to shoot around because lacrosse is a big, big part of me. I still can't even believe it's over. So I'll still be shooting around and playing with my stick. Like, it's just an extension of me, I like to think. So I'll still be out there. My dad actually wants me to start training for American Ninja Warriors. So we'll see. We'll see if that works out. Whoa. Okay. Walk (laughs) us back on this. How did this go down? You know, I don't. I don't know for sure if that's going to happen. I've always been, like, I did gymnastics as a kid. I've always been that child that's climbing on trees, jumping around, doing flips off of stuff. So that, and when American Ninja Warrior came out on TV, like, I've always been watching that. And I've always loved the thought of me maybe possibly doing that one day. So if I can find a gym that's not, that doesn't have coronavirus, maybe I'll look into that and see, see if I can start training for that even if I don't like it on the tv show it'd still be fun to do like that's a great way to stay in shape especially now without me doing lacrosse every day for 20 hours a week that that'll definitely be something to keep my body in shape Hope you're enjoying the story of Izzy Palermo of our women's lacrosse program we'd like to take a moment though to thank our healthcare partner Wellstar Health System at Wellstar their mission is to enhance the health and well-being of every person they serve their vision is to deliver world-class health care to every person, every time. Go on ahead and give us a like and subscribe to our podcast here on Inside the Nest. This is one of three being dropped this weekend along with Brian Katrick and Kendrick Ray. So let's wrap the story of Izzy Palermo. Well, Izzy, without a doubt, with the mindset you have on accomplishing your goals with everything that you go through in life and to be able to, again, start at the Division One level, I have no doubt. If you want to do American Ninja Warrior, I think it's yours. I, I am excited <laughs> to see you. in the next couple of years, if I turn on the TV, I see Izzy Palermo just racing through some dummies, climbing up on walls. So you said you did gymnastics in, in your bio online at KSUALS.com. You won two state championships in lacrosse and one in gymnastics. What events did you yes. do in gymnastics? So gymnastics, I did all the events, vault bars, beam and floor. I uh, won state championship on vault which I, that's one of my favorite events. My least favorite was bars, but I really liked the floor exercise and beam a lot too. My coaches always told me in gymnastics I was so good at beam because my feet were so big, but I finally grew into my feet. <laughs> they, said I could, uh, they said I could grip the beam with my toes. But You're like a puppy out that, there with big paws. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, finally, I finally grew into them. But yeah, gymnastics was also a big part of my life. It really shaped me into 
that determination and courage I have now. I'd like to thank all sports, no matter what sport it is, for any person really uh, creates a good mindset in them because you have to overcome odds. You're always going to have people that tell you that you're not good enough or you have to put in all this time and effort into making it where you want to be. Like it's life is just not going to hand things to you in anything, sports, school, jobs or anything. You have to really work for it. So that's what taught me over all these years. And my parents have really shaped me into that too. They, they've always instilled in me since a young age that you can't just go through life sitting down and waiting for something to be given to you. You have to go out and get it yourself. You are going to give one heck of an acceptance speech after winning American Ninja Warrior. I, I, I can see it right now. So, I feel like when I talk to lacrosse players, they always have an interesting story of how they found the game. Because especially with the current student athletes, you know, when y'all grew up, it was just starting to really gain popularity, especially in the metro Atlanta area. You're kind of the, the infants of it, so to speak. How did you come upon your love with the game? So I started lacrosse not really wanting to play. My neighbor just was like, just try it. Just come on, do it. And I, for a couple months, I was like, no, it's really not for me. So eventually I gave in because he said he'd pay me if I just tried it. <laughs> I, was in, I was in seventh grade at the time. And so I was like, all right, fine, I'll just try it. It took me, I didn't instantly love it. I don't think, like, I was, I was really new to it. And obviously when you're new at something, you're not very good at it. And I think that was my mindset, like, oh, I'm not good at this. I'm never going to be good at it. But my parents, like I said, like, they're just like, just keep doing it. You'll get better. You just have to work for it. And eventually, as I got better at it, not just because, like, I was getting good at it, but I actually saw the love and how it, how that game brings everyone together. Like, my lacrosse community, um, where I live, where I went to high school, at Kell High School, the lacrosse community there was very strong and very loving. So I think that's what also drew me to the game, how everyone there was just, like, so warming and welcoming to play. And I think my eighth grade year, so after playing, I think, a season and a half, I really, really started to love it. And I loved, like, how it made me feel, like, because it's so fast. Like, I was able to run around and get all my energy out. And then at the same time, like, well, initially, actually, I thought I was going to be playing boys lacrosse. And I thought I was going to be able to hit people. But then my neighbor, the one that told me to play, he goes, that's that's not what you do in the girls game. So I, that was kind of sad. But <laughs> I, really, <laughs> I was like, I can't hit people. What? He goes, no, that's just boys lacrosse. But I really love how it made me feel like being able to run around. They say it's the fastest game on two feet. And it really is. It's exhausting, especially as a midfielder like I play. <laughs> but it's, I love it. I can't imagine my life without it anymore. Well, Izzy, you know, now that unfortunately your collegiate career is done, I mean, if you want to join a semi-pro team, a men's team, and go out there and just whack somebody over the head, I mean, nobody's <laughs> going to stop you now. Exactly. My dad's already <laughs> found me a veteran league to play in. He's pretty distraught about me not being able to play anymore either. Well, what else is dad it. signing you up for? I, he has me signed up for so much. This veteran league he already has bookmarked on his computer. <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh, as we look ahead, you're a senior, you're getting ready to finish your classes and go forward with graduation. As we evolve to this online instruction now, what does that look like for you? 
so I only actually had two classes this semester and they were both hybrids. So I only had one class Tuesday and another class Thursday. So half of it already was online, but now like everything's online, no more lacrosse. I feel like I have so much free time, which like my free time, I'm just here sitting about thinking about lacrosse and my friends. Mm. Cause a lot of my friends and roommates have gone home for a while. Um, but yeah, it's it's really weird not going to campus anymore. Like I still had dining dollars to use. I was gonna get some Starbucks, but <laughs> and I still had swipes at the Commons. So now I have to. Now I'm going home, so I don't have to really pay for my food. My mm-hmm. parents, my parents, my parents will provide my food now. But <laughs> um, it's just so weird not being able, like, not seeing my team or my whole team for a while. Like I still have some teammates that are here, but like usually I don't have to like not be without them till at least may mm-hmm. and now it's just so weird like i still keep in contact with a lot of them but it's very it's a very weird feeling that this is ending <laughs> what does the future look like for you after you finish up your classes do you have a, a postgraduate opportunity lined up whether that's schooling or a job so i'm doing medical device college i start that may 11th which will entail like it's a 12-week program it's here in the atlanta area so i'll graduate from that july 30th and it's really exciting because their job placement rate is about 96 percent so i'm really excited to because i'll be able to get a job and make some money for myself so i'm not mooching off my parents anymore but um yeah that like in the medical device college you learn what I'm doing is sports med or sports medicine and orthopedics. So I'll be still be around athletes. Like what I'll be doing is being operating rooms, watching them reconstruct ACLs, MCLs, hip, knee replacement, stuff like that. So I'll still be around like the sports aspect. And but I'm really excited to start that new part of my life to see what I can do for other people now. That sounds amazing. Why did you decide to pursue this? So I've always wanted to be around the medical field, especially with my diabetes. I just never really knew exactly what I wanted to do. I didn't really know my calling yet. But so my dad's cousin, John Fina, he actually was an NFL player for the Bills for a while. He was in medical device college or he was in medical sales. So I've had a few conversations with him on the phone, him just helping me try to figure out where I want to go with my career and stuff. And he mentioned the school to me and I started to look on their website and I thought, wow, this will be a perfect fit because I really didn't know which direction I wanted to go in the medical field. But I think this is a great fit for me, like being able to still be around the diabetes community, all the medical devices, but not having to go to that schooling of like years and years of becoming a doctor, which I mean, that would be, that would be cool. But I think I I don't want to spend my life in school. Well, Izzy, this seems like a fantastic fit for you because it's something you're passionate about. Uh, You've listed everything for ways that you can give back to others and the sports community as a whole. And uh, you're very fantastic at carrying on conversations, supplying answers. So I don't think sales is going to be that much of an issue for you. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, I hope hope so. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Izzy, as we wrap this up, is there anything that you would like to say to uh, any other fellow student athletes listening or anyone that came your community or as a whole the floor is yours it's an open mic here so i would like to say to any fellow student athletes 
that don't give up on your dreams. Like this, obviously, this coronavirus, anything can happen. Life can change in an instant. So like we have in our locker room, it says respect, respect the privilege. So just don't take anything for granted every every day. Go into each day like it's your last. Like we had the our Vermont game. We had no idea that that would be our last game. And every game I go out and play like play my heart out because you never know we're not guaranteed tomorrow. And then I'd also like to say that to anyone living with diabetes or any chronic illness or anything that they think that is going to stop them from doing anything they love, don't think that way because you just have to be positive. You can, honestly, you can do anything you want. And especially to my diabetics out there, we can do everything everyone else can. We just do it without an insulin making pancreas. We're pretty much superheroes, I like to tell people. <laughs> well, we'll add you to the Avengers as well. Exactly. <laughs> love them. Captain America is awesome. Captain America is your favorite? Yes, for sure. <laughs> well, Captain Izzy Palermo, thank you for joining us. Thank you for giving us uh, inspired answers. So I, I feel like I'm ready to take on this day, and it gives at least me a better outlook on everything that's going on in the world when I can understand it through your lens. So thank you for joining us, and we wish you all a safe trip back here to the Peach State. Thank you so much. Oh, one more thing. I would also like to thank my coaches for always believing in me and giving me the opportunities that they gave me the coaches and my teammates i wouldn't have been able to get through this without them especially through all those hard times that we've been through but thank you so much for having me i hope you enjoyed the story of izzy palermo i know that motivated the rest of my day to see it in a better light and we look forward to seeing what she's going to accomplish here in the very near future. As you can tell, Izzy is extremely driven. She has some outstanding opportunities ahead of her. And heck, I look forward to seeing her on American Ninja Warrior. If you have an idea for Inside the Nest, if you liked Izzy's story and you know of a similar story, drop me an email in alexa29 at kennesaw.edu. I'd love to hear your thoughts on what more we can venture into here with Inside the Nest. Go ahead and like and subscribe to this podcast so you can have it delivered to your podcast device each and every week, whether that's phone, tablet, computer, anything of the like. I'm Nolan Alexander. Thanks again for listening to Inside the Nest. Check out our other two podcasts that dropped this weekend. Kendrick Ray, a men's basketball alumni who's been tearing it up overseas, and Brian Katrick, a KSU alumni, a broadcaster who's the voice of the PGA Tour on Sirius XM. This has been Inside the Nest. Thank you.